Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Baron. My name is Henry. And, and today we're going to be asking the question: What was the hardest thing you had to learn this past year? So, what was it for you? What was the hardest thing you had to learn this past year? Um, the hardest thing I had to learn was yeah. how to understand myself more. I guess. Mm. Because I Very guess similar to mine, suspiciously <laughs> similar to mine. <laughs> yeah. So go on. Yeah, I guess in the in the the times before this past year, I guess it's almost I'm like I'm trying to avoid myself, and that was yes. kind of my tactic. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> That's what a lot of people do, actually. Yeah, yeah, and so I would, you know, instead of. Sitting alone and being with my thoughts, I would do something else. So I would, uh, I don't know, right? Listen to music or play some video games, watch a TV show, you know, do something else, anything else to to get my brain thinking about other things instead of, you know, me and what's going on in my life. Mm. Yeah. So how learning. Sorry. Yeah. I, I was gonna ask, how is that? How is that hard for you to learn that? Um. It was hard because it was something that I had been doing for a long time, like since forever. So almost I had to unlearn th some things first before I could learn how to understand myself. So it was That's kind of like a, a two-step thing. Yeah, so I, I had to change some things about myself before I could really learn about myself. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great way to put it is unlearning because that's what you're really doing you develop these habits you've conditioned yourself to have certain habits to cope and now unlearning those things meaning going back to square one which yeah. is a space of possibility and how was that difficult exactly what was difficult about that process well I mean, it's it's like such a uh, important thing, I guess, or such a thing that's like really close to me or my my heart, my soul, or whatever. So it was very difficult because I had two sides of me: one side that wants to grow and be better, and the other side that you know is afraid of whatever that may entail you know yeah <laughs> so i have two two sides of myself clashing and i i know i know which side is correct in this case but but it's almost like a, a tendency to fall back into what i know instead of uh trying to break the boundaries and you know explore myself more or understand myself more right you said that you knew that one side was correct and the other was not right or at least yeah. one side more correct than the other who is that that knows that wait what do you mean who is that <laughs> well you said i you said i know who, what that is but what i'm asking is who, who is that that's speaking who's that that knows that one is better than the other how, and how do you know well i suppose they're both me so I mean, like both sides of one side telling me to, you know, be better and 
explore new things, try new things, learn more. And one side telling me to just kind of slip back and stay to myself and, uh, you know, be, pla be places where it's, I feel safe, I guess. I, I suppose yeah. they're both part of me, but in this case, I was leaning too far towards the being safe side. And so I knew I that think. my other side was unbalanced. I need to rebalance some more. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about that also, like um, something about learning to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Or being okay with being uncomfortable is sort of like restoring that balance where you were too much in safety. So now you need to introduce a little bit more growth, which takes a little bit of discomfort in the process. Would you say, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, I think growth always comes from putting yourself out there and discomfort. Mm. When you say putting yourself out there, what have, what are some of the ways you've done that this past year? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think I've done that much, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, that's okay, right? It yeah, doesn't have yeah, to be. Because yeah. when you say that, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor of putting, placing yourself in front of other people to be observed, right? I think that's what it generally means. Mm -hmm. But I think it also means placing yourself under your own observation. Yeah. Because that is uncomfortable to be observing your habits and the things that you're doing that maybe you've held judgment against in the past. Like you said, you know that one side is more correct. And facing that tension and facing the part of you that you've judged for a long time, that's sort of putting yourself under your own critique, right? Your own analysis. Yeah. So I would say that you probably have done a lot of that, at least from my conversations with you, right? Mm -hmm. I suppose, yeah, I suppose that's, that's true. If you're critiquing yourself, then yes, I have critiqued myself a lot. But like, uh, as with other people, I guess not much, but yeah, that's okay. Right. I mean, me neither, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Well, what would you say are um, the biggest... I don't want to say flaws because you don't have flaws. None That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're literally perfect the way you are. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, like we don't really have flaws. We just have perceived flaws because society tells us something is wrong. And so we should feel a certain way about it. But what are some of the biggest parts of yourself that you've been scared to touch? Hmm. Well, for a long time, it it was well, actually two things for a long time. The first one was uh, how I looked, so just like being too chubby, or or you know, may, being made fun of from other kids and like you know, lower school. Well, not much really lower school, but middle school mostly, and like yeah, early maybe freshman year or so. Yeah. So that that I didn't you know I was just down on myself all the time for and then also actually when i was a kid singing you know singing was a very like like i wouldn't do it i mean not not in front of other people i would love to sing and i love to you know i think it's a lot of fun doing it yeah. by myself and you know i mean i've been singing for a long ass time but <laughs> not as like a thing thing but you know 
and I just remember, uh, like I I wanted to be good, but I wanted to the, like the first time I sung in front of people, I wanted it to be good enough, or like be so good that they were like very impressed. Right. Right. And if it wasn't that, then I would be disappointed in myself. So I just never sung in front of people. Right. You know. I know. I know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. So that took me that took me a long time to actually start singing in front of people because it was so important to me as a kid like singing was i see so singing was so important to you that you were afraid that if you sung and people didn't really notice it would mean that what was important to you wasn't actually all that important in reality all right that it didn't it was not something to be it wasn't meant to be that important because I wasn't that good, you know. Right. right. Yeah. Which I I think I'm pretty decent at singing. <laughs> yeah, I lo I mean I love when you remember when we did Baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I thought your singing was great in that one. So. And and with your looks, is that something you've had to deal with over the past year, or has that just been in general? Um, I think not the past year as much i think maybe two years ago two and a half years ago probably is when i really like dealt with it like as i re I really like made a decision like okay i think i'm gonna like i'm gonna change you know i don't want to look like this anymore and by that time it was more i know people people always say don't change for others you gotta change for yourself mm -hmm. and at that time it was to change not actually it was not to change for others it was change for myself because i wanted to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of me you know and be proud of what i've accomplished and what i've done and i just wasn't up until that point because I was, I was just constantly disappointed in myself because i knew that i could do better but i was just you know i never f followed through mm. yeah and many times before like two years ago when i just, like actually started getting more fit I had tried, like, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna, this summer, I'm gonna get super fit or something. And like, I'm sure everyone has stories like this, too. And, you know, I would end up just not doing anything. Like, I would just get lazy. Yeah. And I know I knew that I could be better than that. And so I'd always be disappointed in myself. Mm, yeah, that's a vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah. Has there been any part of yourself this past year in specific? that has um that you've sort of had to confront when you were spending time alone with your thoughts um i'm not, not yeah maybe yeah a little bit but i think going back to the uh, uh my body image just i just want to say one more thing on that is that uh like right now if it's if i start to see myself like kind of falling into a, a like a downward slope or something if i see myself okay i've been really lazy really uh lazy recently then it's not like a not like a mental health thing you know <laughs> you know it's not like a i get down on myself it's just like okay like what are you doing baron you gotta pick up your shit now like come on and then i just kind of do it you know it's not any. It's not a big cycle or a big deal anymore because I know I'm able to, like, accomplish 
whatever my goal is. Because <laughs> I've done it before. Yeah. Because before you would tell yourself that, but you wouldn't do it. But yeah. now you tell yourself that and you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm able to follow through with goals I set for myself now. Right. I think that's great. Actually, I, I haven't heard you talk about that, but I think that's very true, is the ability to trust yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, if you aren't able to trust yourself, which I, I can totally resonate to telling yourself you're going to accomplish something and you just end up not doing it, not necessarily because you intended, just maybe you were you got caught up in other things, you were stressed about something, so your brain wasn't prioritizing whatever you said you wanted to do. And then you end up not doing it and you start not trusting yourself over time. And I mean, going into college, you wanna at the very least be able to trust yourself, surely. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you can't trust yourself, then no amount of external praise is going to help you. That's something that you have to mend by yourself by doing the little things. People always say that like uh, college is the time to like discover yourself and to, you know, understand more about yourself. Yeah. I think, yes, that almost definitely is true. But also I think this gap year has been very useful for us because it's, or I mean, kind of half gap year for me, but basically gap year <laughs> because it's, you know, we're, we've allowed ourselves to, uh, I don't know, maybe let go a little bit, you know, in terms of us holding, uh, like just the way we deal with things, I guess, you know, yeah. Yep. Where we kind of internalize everything. So to let go of that a little bit has allowed us to understand ourselves better, I think, which I think is probably a, uh, pretty good thing considering we're about to go to college that's right. so i think yeah, understanding I just, yourself is probably you know probably a good idea when you're about yeah. to move into a new area like that and yeah new experiences i just wanted to say you mentioned how people say college is the time to experience to uh, discover yourself <laughs> find yourself and i've definitely heard that and i think that's one of the saddest things ever because you're paying an institution for you to do internal work that you can be doing when you're sitting on the floor in your bedroom. And yeah, people that's are normalizing true. it. People are normalizing it. They're saying college, even though I'm going to college to get the degree, they're like explicit about that. I'm going to college to get the job I want, to get the money I want to please my parents so I don't have to feel insecure anymore. But at the same time, they're saying college is the time to discover myself, to discover who I really am, discover what I really want. And they've normal, and I feel like the culture has normalized it to the point where people go to college and use that as an excuse to then party and have a bunch of sexual relationships with people. And in the process of trying to find themselves, they're just reliving the same cycles of coping with the stress that they face in academics. So I think I totally agree with you that the gap year was so helpful for both of us because and, and I knew this going into the, the gap year during senior year. That's why I wanted to take it because I'm not going to an institution that I'm paying for with an unstable, broken internal environment. I mean, no matter what environment you're placed into, if your internal environment is not stable, 
you're going to suffer. It doesn't matter whether you're in your bedroom or at a college institution. You're not going to have a good time because the work needs to be done to heal yourself first. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to it's like trying to walk with a sprained ankle. The more you walk, the worse it's going to get until you finally take a break and let yourself heal first. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I I do think that you have to, um, you know, fix yourself before you can actually like properly en enjoy a new experience or any experience really. The one thing I I think that uh, uh you said about uh colleges and you said that oh yeah your main thing was that uh you are are you you don't actually uh explore yourself or or uh what was the saying uh college is a place where you learn yourself or learn about yourself <laughs> something like that I don't, I don't know discover yourself yeah, yeah discover yourself yeah sure yeah something like that i can i understand the uh there's a little bit of uh, of a contradiction in there because if you're going to college to get a degree and get a job and I don't know get your, your dream job or something or actually I think most people go to college uh what is that undecided for their major yeah. so I I mean I don't really get that because if you're going to college to then at that point you're going to college just to go to college i think if you're undecided well i guess you can also experience new things in college that make you decide <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i don't know it feels almost like a waste of money to me if you right. go in undecided That's because then point. then it's like the point of going to college is to get a degree so you can get your dream job right and if you right. don't know your dream job before you go to college then what are you doing in college you know <laughs> right exactly unless it's for the social side but then that's a lot of fucking money for a socializing yeah exactly yeah i mean depends well, on what college was... you're going to as well but yeah that's my yeah so that was my point earlier um but i think i think you'd you summarize it nicely which is basically <laughs> if you don't if you don't know why you're going to college you shouldn't be spending money on that you know and then like at TAS unfortunately that's not the case it's just the norm that you go to college because that's what a good child will do right that's what a good kid does but mm -hmm. I think one exception to your rule of you should not well generally speaking you shouldn't go in undecided is I'm actually going in undecided to my college. Mm -hmm. But that's only because my college is unique in that it's interdisciplinary, meaning that they focus on the fact that everything is connected. All the fields are connected because in reality they are, right? And my and as part of my degree, I can combine fields of my choice. And I know that there's a lot of experiences at my college like that are nature-based, um, that are um, ecological based that I'm really interested in and I simply haven't had the opportunity to experience mm -hmm. those things but I know that's the direction I'm going so I can have faith I can have trust that I will experience things that will that will be incredible new experiences and I don't need to even make a decision on what I want to study I can simply know I can simply synthesize things I'm already interested in as part of my degree 
because the point of the degree for me is not in order to get a specific dream job in order to get you know da 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 like jump yeah. through the hoops it's not yeah. about jumping through the hoops for me so i think that's that's me, a sorry that's a good way of putting it like jumping yeah. through the hoops i think a lot of people it is about jumping through the hoops right. and personally i don't agree with that i don't think that's right. necessarily like you know the correct way you know in quotation marks i guess because right. if you're if if you're going to college just to get that degree so you can have your dream job i feel like sure you might spend four to however many years in college and maybe you will get that degree and maybe you will get that dream job but like bruh that's like <laughs> four plus years just to get that degree uh, just so you can get the oh my god right, like right. like you could do that in a different actually recently too uh degrees are well i guess it depends on it completely depends on the field but like if you're yeah. trying to be a lawyer you got to go to college <laughs> but like right. if you're trying to be an artist or something or uh like what i'm doing like a, a game developer if you have the portfolio and the work to back it up i mean sure the degree is helpful but my opinion it ain't worth the four years you know yeah well yeah. i guess it depends it depends but i think most colleges are too expensive for it to be worth it yeah i think that's good analysis or just the education side because the social side of college i think is going to be very good you know i think that's i think that personally that is the the a more important reason to go to college in my opinion than for the connection well for in, in my in my scenario or for me i guess going to college it or the social side of going to college is uh a bigger reason for me to go than getting my degree I guess. Yeah. 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 And actually going back to how you talked about, you know, if you're a lawyer, you have to go to law school. Actually, the tides are changing where, you know, a lot of corporate jobs, the companies don't, they place less and less importance on your college degree. They care more and more about, can you think? And, and I am pretty sure there are also online options for completing university and like getting university credits online yeah so it's not even like you need to go to a physical university anymore like slowly people are realizing that um what they value because the whole point of school is to produce valuable people and people are realizing that college actually doesn't produce valuable people as much as they say they do and so they are putting less emphasis on the degree and more emphasis on are you a valuable person and there are ways to become valuable that don't include college yeah and that's I, a good way I, of putting think, it yeah i think that i think the good news is i think the tide is changing just based on my like fly on the wall view of the world of which i have little, very little experience of like the actual yeah. work world but i think that it's changing to a point where you can make yourself valuable in ways that don't involve spending a bunch of money at an institution that is just getting unnecessarily expensive anyway right mm -hmm. well i mean i think for this arguments don't really work as they don't really work 
in other countries but in, yeah, in the states true. they work for sure because because the, yeah. the college tuition is so expensive in the states uh, yeah that's a good point yeah in other and actually in other like countries getting going to college well in some countries it's free yeah in other countries it's basically nothing so then going to college is just a very good idea in general <laughs> yeah 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 so i that, yeah that's a great point i i like how you said that uh uh, going to college is almost like a way to boost your your value almost you know it's like uh you can you can increase your value in other ways and you can possibly get more value out of other things but going to college is a relatively stable and consistent way to boost your value that's right yeah and that's why people that's why cultures historically tell their kids to get educated they mm -hmm. mandate it because they know that the risk of and the risk the the percentages are changing but um let me see if i can articulate this basically like going <laughs> yeah. to college going to college is a higher probability of making you a valuable person than you taking the risk of not going yeah and somehow discovering how to become a valuable person i think yeah i think that's right yeah so so the parents i mean like in taiwanese culture my experience is the parents just make that decision for the child because they know the child can't work that out for themselves the parents have a better idea so they just they don't give you an option yeah but i mean like i said those those chances are changing as people realize how college is not producing the valuable people as consistently anymore like especially in america people will go for the social life but in some colleges it's just party and no academics and then what do you do you've you know well i mean there's still academics <laughs> there's still academics but it's like you're not really going and getting your money's worth you know i suppose if you're going to college for the reason of partying then and i then suppose it's probably an excellent choice yeah. i suppose you're getting your money's worth <laughs> you know yeah. if you're going yeah. there to party then i guess then, that's right yeah depends on what your priorities is, are i guess the, yeah the assumption i'm making is that you're going there to study to jump through the hoops or to at least learn and just expand your knowledge yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think there's especially nowadays like College is a way to, because you know how parents always say, oh, you get your education, you know, you got to get an education, which I agree with. Yeah. An education yeah. is extremely good. It, it is crazy the difference between, like, okay, not to come off like a dick, <laughs> but this is just what I've heard from some of the TAS Byron, Byron's kids. Byron's not a dick, guys. Byron's, Byron's not a dick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> from some of the TAS kids that have moved to uh, American local schools, like I've heard them say that the kids there, they just seem like they're stupid. And obviously they're not yeah. stupid. It's just their education is right. is not as good as a TAS education. Right. Exactly. And the things that they say and they believe versus a TAS student who has a very... You know, when, when I think most TAS students, when they hear something, it's, you know, they become analytical about it almost. Like they'll understand that it, mm. that could not, there's a possibility that that is not true, you know? Whereas mm. I think most, uh, like local schools in the States, 
there isn't that isn't taught you know to be like skeptical about things mm. i think they're more yeah. willing to just kind of believe whoever they like you know like like yeah. being a, being a, an an idol or or like a celebrity in the in the states is a much bigger thing than it is in taiwan or and at, and at ts or type american school yeah yeah yep for sure definitely um yeah i i think that's a great like example that you shared of tas kids who go to local schools in the us <laughs> um i would i would i would say though that recently i've learned about education like you know just thinking about what education is it's empowerment like you said yeah. it, it's crazy what you can what it can do for you it's like building muscle you can just do more but it's also important that you make sure what you identify with is appropriate because if you identify with let's say um you know the human race against nature is it the uneducated people or is it the educated people that cause the most destruction in this world it's the educated people because the educated people who have identified themselves with something that leads to discrimination and prejudice and fighting and war the educated people are the ones who cause damage you know so although it is empowerment there are certain things that are more fundamental than education that need to be established i think and during the gap year like we're both realizing this like we're unlearning things right because you can imagine like with you um struggling to feel proud of yourself feel proud of your your body right like you can imagine how some people go their entire lives like that mm -hmm. and some people um develop their body and they become bodybuilders or you know have an extreme strength that after years and years of training at the gym and they still feel terrible about themselves and they don't look in they don't feel proud when they look in the mirror and that's what i mean when you know strength is a kind of empowerment just like education except it's for the body not for the mind but if you're not centered within yourself if you haven't identified with the completeness of who you are if you've identified with something that is inadequate then you will spend the rest of your life or at least a very long time empowering yourself in the wrong direction and causing more destruction and uh and for yourself and for others you know yeah so i think definitely there's fundamental things that need to be done before you even consider education which is, i think yeah, uh what i'm learning now what you said about the educated causing more damage than the uneducated i think that is only true if the educated are in the minority you know if there are less educated than uh uneducated then they can kind of lead the uneducated people into doing their bidding almost but if more people are educated they understand that they can't like their their thinking will be more i guess refined so they won't mm. follow someone just based off the things they say you know like That's what i'm really interesting actually what i mean is like if you think of a politician as being educated then their whatever they say can sway the uneducated let's say average person in america 
much easier because they, I don't know, they sound like they're smart or they sound like they know what they're talking about. So you just kind of believe them. And if everyone is more educated, if, if you raise the standard of education higher, then I don't think that is true anymore. Then I think the educated are, uh, or the uneducated would do more damage, I guess, than the educated. Because at that point, everyone becomes smarter and they know more about everything, I guess, or know more about whatever they're uh, learning about, you know? I think that's a really good point because you know that in, there is an assumption that where the educated people do the most damage is that humans are a resource. And if you can manipulate humans without them understanding that they're being manipulated, then you can use humans as an incredibly powerful resource, like in corporations or organizations. But I think you're right that if people reach a level of understanding where they can't be swayed, then humans are no longer a free resource for the educated people to prey upon. But I do think that there is a place for uneducation, like unlearning things like you talked about. Like but that I don't know if I would call that. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Okay, that's a form of education. Okay, okay. Yeah, like for, like a form of self-education, but we wouldn't say that's formal education, you know. It's not formal education, but I think by the definition of education, it it is right because you're right. It's a kind of it's a kind of empowerment. It's just no one really sees it that way, but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in that way, I would still think that you're not. I like I wouldn't call that that like an uneducated person i guess if you were to teach yourself how to or teach yourself to unlearn something about yourself i would still call that education hmm. because it's taught it's not discovered because you're, you're saying? uh well either way discovered or taught it's still you're still learning new things and more things you're not like okay the ability to unlearn something is something that you have to learn you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so right. either way it's still adding to your knowledge instead of subtracting away from it i don't really know if you I can think. subtract knowledge hmm. well it depends on how we define knowledge because the education system as we knows it mistakes knowledge for memory yeah so if we think that knowledge is memory, then you will likely always remember somewhere in your brain or your body the things that you've been told to remember. But if we talk about knowledge as a skill, or we, well, skill is also a form of memory. Um, I guess if we talk about knowledge as experience, for example, mm. you can't experience a breakup. You, you have, you can read about a breakup. You can watch videos about a breakup but you don't know what a breakup is it's a different kind of knowledge when you experience something sure yeah like i, I guess more wisdom than wisdom, knowledge yeah, you maybe. could call that wisdom yeah you could call that wisdom but i think knowledge is we we mistake knowledge for memory so yeah i, I don't know i in that case i don't think you can really forget anything that you know or anything that you learn to memorize yeah i guess i mean i guess uh 
I, I, I wasn't really thinking about like memorizing stuff. I was thinking more like, you know, if you, what you were saying with experiencing like a big breakup or something, you're never going to forget that breakup and you're never going to forget what, uh, what you learned from that breakup or what changed you when that breakup happened or how you changed when that breakup happened. I mean, you know, like I think that kind of knowledge or that kind of wisdom stays with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think you can be, or you can de-educate. Is that a word? I don't know. De-educate yourself from experiences like that because I think they'll, they stay with you forever. Basically what I'm saying is just go out there and experience things, people. <laughs> you'll, you'll become wiser and you'll be a quote unquote better human being because of it. Well, I think we have to refine that statement slightly based on what you experienced, which is there you can go out there or you can go in there and experience things. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just experience new things. They yeah, will always teach things. you That's something. Right. You always learn something from a new experience. Absolutely. So what are the, well, I guess we already talked about it. I was going to ask you what new experiences have you had? Um, over the gap year with yourself. With myself. Like, for example, was there a moment when you saw something in yourself that you had been telling yourself or or yeah like investigating d deeper layers of yourself that you hadn't seen before but were always there uh you cut out a bit but i'm pretty sure i understood your question uh yeah. yes yes um okay so one time pretty recently i think i've already told you about this but uh my i guess i, I won't name names i will not name names because i don't think they'll <laughs> like it if i name names so i'll just say that uh my ex okay i was mm -hmm. i was hanging out at her house and she this is like i don't know three weeks ago maybe something like that okay and when she left or no sorry when uh she wanted me to stay longer to like just like chill or whatever but i had things to do and so i decided that i'm gonna leave instead of saying sitting around here and like hanging out because you know i got stuff to do and i suppose that surprised myself or i surprised myself a little bit because of that because i didn't because before it was always like oh you know like she wants to hang out of course let's hang out you know like I'm down to hang out because I want to get closer to you as a person or whatever. But now I was like, I got shit to do. Like, I, I would like to hang out, but I got stuff to do, so I got to go. You know, as before, I'd be like, uh, I'll just find some other time to do that thing so I can hang out, you know? So prioritizing myself and my own goals over uh, hanging out and, like, chilling with other people, I guess. That was a switch that I didn't expect would happen in me. And it did, and I almost—I surprised myself a little bit when I, when I did that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you told me about that. That was very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Hmm. How about you? Anything? Like anything that surprised yeah. me? Yeah. Do you have anything like that? 
I mean, not even necessarily surprised you. It could just be something that that you learned or some new thing that you learned about yourself that you yeah. maybe didn't know was there before. Yeah. I think one, I mean, I've learned many things. One <laughs> thing I learned was I've learned many things. But... Yes. <laughs> one, one thing I learned was this idea of, um, well, I just thought of something else and now I'm all mixed up. <laughs> I, this idea of inadequacy and realizing how deeply I had absorbed cultural messages about inadequacy, especially when it comes to loving another person. So I know, and, and just thinking back through my life, I've noticed messages in songs, for example, in movies. Um, I'll, I'll explain those in a second, but the reason why I, people absorb these things is because with songs and movies, with entertainment, you know, in America, entertainment has become our culture. You know, we've erased all the, everything that came before all the history and now entertainment is our culture. And when something is your culture, you don't really question it. You sort of just watch it and you take it to be something of the greater ones you know like the celebrities the, the idols the songwriters the movie producers they're kind of gods in america mm -hmm. and when you watch and and when you're entertained by their music and the move and the movies they make arguments but as a child you can't tell the difference between an argument and a truth like going back to the question of education and how you know, TAS kind of teaches you to think critically about these things. But a lot of times as a child, I mean, even at TAS, you still sort of absorb things. So the messages that a lot of movies and songs I noticed had on me was in a lot of movies, it'd be like, I can't live without you, you know? Mm, okay, yeah. And in, and in songs, it would be, um, you know, I'm in, I, I'm in love with your body, Ed Sheeran's greatest hit, literally like <laughs> billions of views on YouTube. And the song is about, I'm in love with your body. That's, mm -hmm. that's the lyric, right? And there's a lot of stuff like this about um, sexuality and, you know, being in love with somebody and then breaking up with somebody and like, I fucking hate you, you know, like having a lot of pent up resentment against people mm -hmm. after you break up. And I, and over the gap year, because I um, broke up with somebody at the beginning of the gap year. So I, I've spent a lot of this year processing that breakup. And in processing that, on, in processing that breakup, I've noticed how much of this cultural messages I've absorbed of, I can't live without you. I'm in love with your body. And we, and as children, I, I guess as a child, I sort of just saw these songs. I knew something was wrong with them. I was always making fun of girls for listening to these stupid pop songs about love, about superficial love, you know? And because I knew something was wrong with them, but unknowingly i had done what i most feared which was absorb those very messages and those messages had told me that this is how love looks this is what love looks like is being obsessed with somebody especially their body and um having anger and resentment against them after the breakup and i knew all of this was wrong and it just took me a few months to 
finally sift through that and realize this was coming from the entertainment that we hold so high in in our regards that we just mindlessly consume but maybe i'm more sensitive to listening to lyrics you know i think it's possible to listen to a song without um yeah with you know without listen without hearing the lyrics but yeah. for me i guess i'm just maybe i'm more sensitive to that i just absorbed more of it and it became it manifested itself more in my behavior and thoughts and you know then well, i think than maybe most people i think that uh like i think with a, well there's a de decent like split i think between uh artists that write their own stuff and artists that get uh, other people to write it but i think yeah. i guess more specifically what i'm talking about is artists that write their own stuff they're usually you know they're telling their story or their perspective That's and right. because people like the music and they enjoy listening to it i think people that resonate with the lyrics almost want to become like that idol or like that that person that they're listening to and they might uh like adapt some some of their own thinking into think like uh into thinking like this whatever this artist or whatever they're listening to or whatever they're looking at or anything like that they might adapt their uh the artist thoughts as their own which i don't know if that's right or wrong i just think that's kind of how it works because i think if you have an artist like uh well maybe michael jackson is not the best i because he <laughs> you know but like like he has a song with like uh what is it we are the world or something or what is it i don't know but it's something like that where he it's, it's a very encouraging song that is about like you know uniting everyone together in the world and you know yeah. spreading love like that yeah. I think that is probably good to to spread around you know like mm -hmm. adapting that thinking is probably good but maybe some other types of thinking uh in songs aren't so good but i mean who the fuck am i to tell you not to listen to a song or to right. yeah to to right. change what you listen to because i think the message is not so good you know i think a lot of people just yeah. want to listen to music that they relate to right exactly yeah and it just so happens that a lot of people have been feeling a lot of resentment, a lot of disconnection, and that comes across in our pop music. The music that literally is like the defining music of our culture yeah. is the music with these kinds of messages. And when that happens, it has a ripple effect because the people who once listened to that, now they elevate it to the top charts. Now people who don't even know what that feels like maybe because they're too young or they haven't experienced it yet those people are absorbing those messages and maybe that can have harmful effects but it can go the other way too maybe there can be a surge of positive music that happens and you know suddenly the opposite effect happens you know it maybe it's just a cyclical i think that thing. sorry i think that songs that like uh like a breakup song, like a breakup song will never go out of style just because it's so relatable. Like going through a breakup, I mean, almost everyone goes through a breakup at least once in their life. So almost everyone can relate to it in some way, shape or form, which is why I think those songs are always yeah, be, I think that's a good point. They're always be like, you know, popular. And I think that, that like stuff that's relatable to everyone, I don't 
think that that's that's more of a or it's not a, uh like if the artist is making a song like that i don't think that changes people's minds as much i think those types of songs are more relatable to everyone so everyone listens to them and then they go shoot up the charts because everyone relates to this, to this music and of course yeah if the music's or song sounds good then that obviously helps yeah, <laughs> yeah. right exactly i think that yeah more like i guess what i'm thinking more maybe could be like like rap music where uh some rappers will be talking about you know some pretty bad stuff you know <laughs> you know like <laughs> encouraging some sexism or racism you know or, or encouraging you know things that you probably don't want to encourage maybe stuff like that <laughs> you know but then again a lot of people that really like that music can relate to that music mm. and also it, it sounds dope so you know mm. <laughs> it sounds hype so yeah and i think this goes back to when i was talking about how it's important to have a solid identity before you empower yourself with like yeah, education that's and true. stuff like that. It's the same thing applies here. If if you don't if you're not centered, you'll be an open gate for all sorts of information to flood in, the good and the filth, right? Mm -hmm. And and what I'm observing is in America, a lot of kids don't have a, a an appropriate identity. They're all identified with their outer image primarily and maybe their thoughts and political opinions or yeah yeah basically and so this kind of identity is sort of inappropriate because your life revolves around that but everything else is sort of an open door to defining who you are because those aren't just the only parts of you there's a lot of other parts of you but if you don't define them yourself then whatever you absorb from the people that you look up to, that becomes who you are. What I'm observing is a lot of people don't feel like individuals. They feel like, you know, people who look a little bit different, but actually a lot of them say the same things. They have the same ways of speaking. I mean, even at TAS, you can hear like a lot of the kids, they say the same thing. It's like sheesh and... Um, <laughs> Dude, that's that's kind of a same ways bruh all this sort of stuff <laughs> and that I th bruh. think that happens because we're never taught to identify ourselves appropriately and we're never taught how to just, how to <laughs> how to be ourselves gotta, what, i guess I, I sorry i said that i we never we're never really taught how to be ourselves you know no, no one's taught us how to explore who we are and, you know, yeah, that kind of education is not really taught. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so we let our entertainment define us, which is, well, you, you just have a bunch of people who look and sound and think alike. And no wonder everybody's disconnected from each other because they're disconnected from themselves and that's you know this past gap year has been so useful at least for me probably for you two in reconnecting with ourselves and feeling like individuals again you know with our own unique experiences stuff like that i agree with you but also i don't think it's uh like entertainment is that uh much to blame you know like i'm I, i'm sure there's i'm sure enter entertainment like plays a role but i think that everything plays a role you know 
I don't think entertainment is the yeah is the right. is the like the main culprit if you know. You're right. Um, I do think it's a main. I I I wouldn't say it's the only culprit. There's definitely all sorts of factors involved, like you said, but it is a significant part of American life, from my observation. I mean, just hearing what people talk about, like sports, like movies, like、mm-hmm. I mean, at Hot Pot, this is the case. The stories with your friends, a lot, a large portion of the conversation is just dedicated to entertainment, which is not to say that that's right or wrong. But if you have, if you don't, again, if you don't have an identity established, then this is where this kind of echo chamber comes from of people just. You know, spreading and cycling these messages, especially young people. I think my observations mostly come from observing kids at TAS and seeing how they interact with each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it def- entertainment definitely is、uh, a role much bigger in the states than here. I would say, but yeah, yeah. Because、yeah. like, I feel like if you're, you know. Some kid growing up in the town in the middle of, you know, Alabama or something, you know,、uh, right. I think your life is just different. You're like, yeah, yeah, and I think that entertainment is that much more important important to you because there ain't much to do out there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Whereas we grew up in a in a you know highly populated or densely populated city. You know, so there's a lot to do, and there's a lot to see, and there's a lot of sounds, and a lot of things constantly changing, and a lot of people to meet, and a lot of different experiences to be had in a city versus growing up, you know, on the middle of nowhere, where the, you think for the, you know, the only thing you have for entertainment is turn on your TV, turn on your computer, or go to a movie or something. You know, <laughs> you know, there isn't much else to do. Well, it's interesting because. I remember when when we went over for your birthday, we were talking about stress, like me, you, and your parents, and then you were talking about how each person perceives the stress differently, even though objectively、oh, it's yeah. different. Yeah, I think that actually applies here, like just from just my suspicion. I because I I haven't gone to a remote, you know, village farm village, so I I don't know what that life is like, but. Mm-hmm. I would suspect that those people don't feel the same level of stimulation that we do, so their systems are not tuned like ours. Because we're used to a lot of stimulation, so naturally we require more stimulation to feel the same. But a lot of movies, <laughs> going back to entertainment, but like my experience of those, you know, those like more remote places, is that the community is a sort of entertainment because. They're not constantly bombarded with sensations all the time, so every interaction, even a conversation with another person, that's what makes their day special. You know, that's that's the basis of their life. I think I think they don't simply feel bored all the time. I guess is my point. Well, uh, that, hmm, that's what I. I mean,、suspect. I know I know not, you're I, again. I, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know I know what you're saying, but I think that. I think yes, that's true for maybe 50 years ago, you know. But now, now that like technology is so accessible and people can have, you know, people can get on social media in literally two seconds, or any other、mm-hmm. entertainment platform. When you're out in the middle of nowhere and you don't got much to do, you're probably going to go on social media, YouTube, 
uh, you know, a video game or something like that, and then you instantly have entertainment, and then you kind of, you know, I assume you just, people end up spending a lot of time was on their phone and, you know, different devices because that's the entertainment that they have and that's that there isn't much else to do you know i think yeah, that's what that's, it's true now that's a great point. but but maybe, maybe back in the past when that wasn't an option and you had to go and outside and actually experience things and talk with people then i think what you're saying is true yeah i think you, i think that's a great point definitely when you have access to technology a lot of things shift in your you know in your brain and it, your yeah. mind because your world is is all of a sudden opened so right. much more as soon as you have right. the internet yeah and all of a sudden you feel limited whenever you turn your screen off <laughs> yeah yeah also uh, everything that we've said take it with a grain of salt none of both of us have not lived in the u.s for more than like two <laughs> months at a time so of course yeah see yeah we're like we're we're like the this is um, all guessing our armchair <laughs> philosophers yeah yeah <laughs> we're watching the, the we're watching the world clean. from our screens hands clean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're watching the world from our on with our you know sitting on our beds and our chairs watching our screens watching america and we're just like yep you yeah. know that just it's a tragedy it's a tragedy <laughs> and of course there's a lot of beautiful people amazing people in america who actually have their own traditions their own cultures we didn't mention a word about those people but they exist yes and just because they... we didn't say something uh doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and also we are well i'm 19 he's 18 but we're both very young kids and we don't know everything yes. yeah <laughs> so everything that we said could have been wrong you know we, have, we don't know we we should just we should just um start every yeah, so every podcast with hey that. Guys, yeah. We're 18 and 19 years old. We've lived in Taiwan our lives. Just, you know, give cut us some slack. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about, okay? This is just what our experience. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I think this is a good place to end it. Yeah, that was fun. Alright, hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to the podcast, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.